0: Yeah, well, I wanted to share a, a message um, and, and for those of you who remember from last year, I, I, I shared about my struggle with anxiety and depression and um, that, that is, you know, I didn't really bring it up with the kids talk because, you know, it, for, it's probably something that they, they won't understand yet. Um, but for, for, for me, just carrying on a bit of, of that, that journey where, you know, um, growing up in conflict with, with my family, it actually got pretty bad uh, that I moved out at 18, which is unusual for an Asian family. But you know, and, and, and it, but God has his his way of bringing um, healing and reconciliation back. And you know, I now I live with my parents, so that that's a good sign. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, with with my own family. And, um, and, and and it's you know, it's not a finished story. It's it's. You know, I haven't found complete healing from it. Um, I, I'm encouraged by this, the, you know, the Apostle Paul who had a thorn in his flesh for the rest of his life. And the, the Bible never specifically says what it actually is. Um, and could be that. But actually, um, one, one story that I found very um, applicable to my situation is the, the story of the prophet Elijah. So most of us know about the story of Elijah, but we know the, the high point of his life, isn't it? Where he defeated the, the prophets of Baal uh, on, on that mountaintop where he, where he prayed and, and God sent down fire onto, onto um, the altar. But that was his spiritual high, wasn't it? But how many of us have actually read the chapter after? Or did we just glance through it? Because when you actually read it, in 1 Kings chapter 19, after winning a great battle, Elijah went into depression. We, did, you know, we, this happened in the Old Testament. It was not a modern medical phenomenon. Depression has been through the ages, and you know many spiritual leaders in the Bible, you know, struggled to obtain um, victory even while serving faithfully. And and the story of Elijah is, is just one. Um, case. And so as Christians, we can learn a valuable lesson on self-care and God's provision to take care of his own from this story. So like I said, we, we will discover from Elijah's story that mental health was not uncommon back then, and neither is it uncommon today. And I actually think it's very prevalent in our society today because of various reasons like social media and you know, just the, the structure of um, the, the family breakdown structure. Um, but you know what? We are all called to serve in the capacity of, of our Father's will for our life. And you see, Elijah the prophet was a powerful man of God, wasn't he? And God used him mightily. But in chapter 19 of First Kings, we find him depleted mentally, physically, and emotionally, he was drained. And, to, and I, I, I know most of you would, would have felt that way at times, me especially. Um, and you know what? Many of us suffer in silence. Because in some cultures it might be a taboo subject. And, and in the church, I think we're slowly waking up to it, but it's still quite a hidden issue. And it's crystal clear to me that the Bible speaks of um, Elijah And even King David, if you read his psalms, the language there is of deep sorrow, of deep depression. But we can learn and share the transparent stories of the Bible that revolves around mental health-related issues. Because when we read those stories, what we find, most often than not, is that the Lord lifts them up. And their stories are recorded to educate us. And so, that actually means we don't have to give up on our ministry when we feel broken. We just need to be ministered to for a season. Just like God did for the prophet Elijah. Yes, we may be depleted, but we are never disconnected from God and His love for us. So I, I feel it's necessary for us Christians in the 21st century to look at Elijah. Because in, in James 5.17, it says that Elijah is just like us. He was no diff- we are no different from him. We experience the same symptoms. We experience the same stress. And when we actually look at his story, his mental health condition was, un, was when he was serving God in a spirit-filled ministry and he was operating under a great anointing. So often we, think we see you know, those great um, Christians and we go, oh, they're, they've got it together. But we don't know what is, can be hidden at times or what they've struggled through. You know, it's always been there from, time, um, from the beginning of time. Now, what what we need to understand about Elijah's story is that the same God who took care of Elijah is still the one who cares for us today he still stops to hear us he's still asking the same question what can I do for you because we read what Elijah what God asked Elijah three times what are you doing here and you know what the core the of Elijah um, was not based on his ability. If you look at his life, it was rather his availability. And so our inability or insufficiency never mattered to God. Because in 2 Corinthians 12.9, it says that the Apostle Paul says, His grace is sufficient in all things. And so that is a promise of God that we need to hang on to. Even in, in, especially in the difficult times. Because Jesus is truly a burden lifter, a lover of our soul, and a restorer of failing health. So, let's look at, let's go into the story. So, you, you know, the prophet Elijah was, so stressed do you and we go back and read it but just to summarize it at the end of chapter uh, eight, 18 he's won the battle right but basically King Ahab went back to his wife to complain and go I got defeated and what did Jezebel want to do? He wanted to kill um, Elijah right and, and um, yeah, and, and so instead of, you know, um, because you would you would think that after winning that great spiritual victory, he would be you know all mighty and courageous and confront Jezebel, but no, he turned tail and ran. You know, he feared for his life. You know, you know, and we can ask the question, why did Elijah the prophet run away? And if we actually turn around and look. And from our perspective, why do we cover up what is happening to us today? It's a common question, isn't it? We, you know, in today's world, we want, we want to have this picture-perfect um, Instagram story. But that is not often the case. Because the person who knows what's really happening is God. And God knows who we are. He knows where we are. And he knows what we're going through. And he will provide what we need in a timely manner. Not in our time, but his time. So let's actually look at, at, at that point of time what Elijah was, um, what was happening to Elijah. So, one, he was not thinking rationally or realistically, wasn't he? He, was, he separated himself from those. He separated from himself from those who could strengthen him. He, he didn't take his servant who always accompanied him most of the time. He went alone. Because it's interesting how human nature works. When we get discouraged, we tend to withdraw from human contact, don't we? And that is actually the worst thing we can do. Because there are people around us who are trustworthy and who can sustain us in our time of need. So it's often a good practice to share your life with people. And when our work overwhelms us, we can rely on those around us who can help carry our burdens. Number three, Elijah's vulnerability came on the hill of a great spiritual victory. I, I, I mentioned that. To me, that's, that's such an oxymoron. It's, it's like, you just won, you know? But often, we we in life we feel that way, don't we? we we've just come off a, a big high. We've we've got promotion, but what? Or you know, uh, did it really well at school? But just one day, or the next day, you could something totally change. Finances, you could lose. You know, something on the stock market. Uh, you know, and things just change like that, doesn't it? Fourth, Elijah was exhausted physically and emotionally, and lastly, he got lost in self-pity. Because he, the Bible says in, in First Kings nineteen four, he himself went on a day's trip into the wilderness and sat down under a broom tree. And if you look at the at um, broom tree in, in, in the Psalms, it's where people go to, you know, have a pretty party and cry, and you know, it's it's where they they um, isolate themselves, you know, because a lot of Psalms are written under the broom tree, you know. And, um, yeah, so when you look at, at Elijah's request for God to take his life, because he, he, he went there. He's like, God, uh, my life is not worth living. It actually doesn't make much sense. And it's not about that his suicidal thoughts didn't make much sense. But if he wanted to kill himself, he would have just gone to Jezebel. He, she would have just helped him on his way. But no, he ran. And... You know, those, that's what I call the, our felt reality. might not be the true reality, but it's what we feel. And most of, of us do have our desert days, our days of despair. But the Lord promises He will never leave us or forsake us. You know, so there are times where we will get discouraged. There are times we will be depressed, despondent times where we find ourselves um, being possessed by fear and when doubt gets the best of us or when we experience loneliness or feeling that no one understands us at all. And it's, what I want to say right now, it's okay to feel that. It's okay to go through those feelings because even as we minister the gospel of our Lord and Savior, we can experience dramatic change, whether for the better or the worse, and we actually have to cry out for help. A lot of the Bible is, is, is humans crying out to God for help, and there's no shame in that. If we look further, actually, I might move on to that. If we look, we. we. Could we want. Uh, some more, some more, <laughs> skipping a bit. Um, just go to the three points. Physically exhausted. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. So, you know, there there is. Yeah. When you have kids, this is the third round of the f- call. Um, yeah. So when when we we look at. At Elijah's breakdown, it's it's not hard to see why he broke down. You know, we are all like I said, we're all subject to these emotions and reactions from time to time. But how did Elijah fall into this depression which led to his breakdown? I'll give you three reasons. He was physically exhausted because not only the experience of the, the past years made heavy demands on his body, but now he's taken a twenty mile hike. Towards the Mediterranean Sea. You know? And the Bible says, yeah, the thrill of, of the Lord was on him, and, he, and, and, and some commentators said it was supernatural. But even when God works in supernatural, it does take a toll on our bodies, especially even when we're doing ministry, doesn't it? So we need to f- remember that we are a physical being as well. Number two, he was mentally overworked. For those three and a half years, um, he experienced terrific um, tension before the battle that, that basically ended in the, the great victory on Mount Carmel in the slaughter of the false prophets. But three and a half years before, he was also fighting um, with the false prophets. So he was mentally, and he was almost al- well, he was alone basically. And thirdly, he was spiritually out of touch. Read the verse that says, when he saw that his condition was depleted and began to cry out in his moment of despair. You know what is interesting? We see a similar comparison in Matthew 14.30 when Peter tried to walk on water, didn't we? When he was looking at Jesus, he walked on water. But when he looked at the storm, and the raging ocean around him, what happened? He sunk. Elijah the prophet took his eyes off the Lord and looked at his circumstances and the threats of Jezebel. If you want to be depressed, fearful, of filled with self-pity, etc., take your eyes off the Lord and look at your circumstances and the problems of this world. And you just take a good look at yourself in the mirror and you'll be depressed in no time tell you that so like I said the three basic reasons for Elijah's collapse was that he was sick physically mentally and spiritually so all these must be considered together because we're not um, they are not independent of each other because as you know the physical affects the mental the mental affects the spiritual and so on goes in a circle and that's why this can lead to burnout and blow out, and even cause us to cry out. So, I know it gets pretty intense and pretty down, but let's look, let's look at the happier part now. Because let's look at what the Lord prescribed as a cure to set Him back on the road to recovery. And while we consider this, know that this is the same support and help that God offers, God offers us today when we serve in His kingdom. So, number one, he was physically exhausted. So, what did the Lord do? Attended to his needs of his body. God prescribed food, sleep, and plenty of fresh air. He gave Elijah a month and a half off as a job recovery package. Can you imagine having a six weeks off. It's essential that we pay attention to our bodily health. And there's three simple rules for that. One, daily nutritious food. Number two, regular sufficient sleep. And three, fresh air exercise and relaxation. And these things we go, oh, it's physical. You know, nothing to do with spiritual. It affects our spiritual life as well. Number two, Elijah was mentally overworked. So the Lord dealt with his mind. His mental outlook was distorted and unbalanced. So after, only after a month and a half of rest and care and healthy food and fresh air, then the Lord came to him and repeated his question. Elijah, what are you doing here? I mean, that question wasn't for God's, um, you know, for God's um, purpose to find out what he was actually doing there. His objective was to cause Elijah to face reality. To face his fears and to face his prompts, And so should we. And thirdly, Elijah was spiritually out of touch. So the Lord dealt with his soul. When you read on, the Lord asked him to, to go out of his cave and stand at the edge of the cave. And God gave him a wonderful a vision of his power and glory an earthquake came, a fire came, uh, and and a wind came. But God was not in it. What was God in? The quiet whisper. And when you you look at at that verse, it actually runs parallel to Psalm 46.10. It says, Be still, And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Yes, there are times where God comes like a wind, earthquake or fire. But often he comes as a gentle whisper. Elijah needed physical restoration and mental renewal. But most of all, he needed a spiritual revival. And even today, to, especially today, we, we, ministry and life can be taxing and overwhelming. And, you know, and it's necessary that we take a few days off from time to time. Not just for a holiday, but for spiritual restoration and renewal. You know, because sometimes we can forget the faithfulness of our God. And God can seem remote and far. So we need to ask ourselves this question. Where is God in all of this? Because the the Lord knows when we need Him most. Better than we know ourselves. And He will send a provision to restore our mental and emotional well-being when we need it. You know, when when we look at it, um, these three points... God, knows, God created us, and He knows who we are. He, cre- he, he knows every one of us, and He knows how we're made up of. So, and God might not deal with you the same way he, he dealt with Elijah, or even me. But I think in all of this, we need to remember that, that Psalm 46.10, Be still, and know I am God. It's a very common verse that we we often gloss over. What does be still mean? Let's sit and be quiet. I can't handle that. I'm an extrovert. You know, the introverts are, yep, yeah. let's, Let's get some quiet time to ourselves. But what does being still mean? Being still is like, Pascina has said many times, it's not about rushing around, life happens no doubt, life happens and we have certain expectations, certain requirements we have to get through in life but being still is paying attention to God in our everyday life it can be simple things like a phone call of encouragement it can be an unexpected kindness or a card in the mail an answered prayer or someone just calling or showing up at the right time without you asking Often people ask me, how do you know what God is saying? You know, we, we struggle with that, how do you discern what God is saying? My argument is this God always speaks loud enough for the willing ear to hear If you're willing, he will speak. If you need a fresh revelation from God, ask. Listen to the voice of God and hear his instructions for you. So what are the lessons we can can take from Elijah's story? In our churches, many are facing mental health issues. Many more will be affected by those who respond inappropriately to those with mental illness. Because they've heard it all before. Things like, just pull yourself together and pray more faithfully. You feel like this because your faith is weak. I can't see anything wrong with you. So just cheer up and this poem will pass. And you will be okay. And I understand that everyone's circumstances is different. But knowing that someone cares can make a monumental difference. We just need caring, not judging, not criticizing, not shaming, not pretending. Life doesn't always go the way we plan. Stress and anxiety and depression are illnesses, not a mark of faith laid scattered on the floor. We all know that it will probably take greater faith to hold on to God in the depths of depression than it does when everything is rainbows and sunshine. Maybe that's why God honoured Elijah's detour to Hebron rather than condemn him for it. The prophet runs away and wants to die in a dead zone but God still shows up. God is, is on Elijah's side and God is on our side today. And I don't know about you, but there might be people here who even just coming to service or into our small groups that, who, whose journey feels as troubled as Elijah's walk to the holy mountain. And that's why it's, the Bible tells us to be still. So we must turn down the noise and listen to the whisper of God to drown out our biases, our preconceptions, our judgment, and our inability to see the pain in front of us <clears throat> and just love. We all need to clearly understand that what is happening to others can happen to every one of us as well. It's not just those who can't <clears throat> face waking up in the morning, who need to hear the still small voice of God. It's not just those who are scared out all the time, not just those who can't shut out, the stressed out blubber in their mind it's all of us because any one of us could soon find ourselves in the same situation when it happened to me I thought this was that this something that would never happen to someone like me but we all have our weak moments but that doesn't mean we are not strong and invaluable to the church any one of us could could find ourselves sitting on the mountain. So let's, especially when if you, you know, if your life is all rainbows and sunshine, it's great. You know, God's got you in a great season. But let's work to make it easier for people to hear God's voice over the earthquake. It's it's an opportunity to survive the rushing floodwaters. Let's work to make sure people have the help that they need to climb the mountain so they don't sit up there feeling alone and in a state of spiritual, physical, and mental depravity. Because the Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So I want to speak to those of us who who are sometimes told that our mental illness is our fault because we lack faith. This is not the case. Mental illness is a biological disorder and can affect anyone. Just like it affected Elijah in a spiritual leadership role. And the reason why I'm choosing to be vocal and visible in sharing the story is not for, you know, just say, look at me. My prayer is that it can be a strength and support to others who suffer. And that from that, something powerful can begin to happen because when we fight for the mental wellness of our people, it will ignite hope and survival and even from pastoral point of view, we need to take a more proactive role in mental health concerns. We can learn many lessons from Elijah's story, so just to recap, we need to take care of ourselves physically, mentally and spiritually. When we are tired, we need to get enough rest and sleep. We need to eat the right food to give us energy. If we neglect personal care, um, anxiety and denial will follow. So, in concluding, in Elijah's depression, he had a desire to die. This is not entirely a spiritual issue. Rather, his physical exhaustion, his cognitive beliefs, and his social isolation influenced his emotion and spirit. Because he was tired, misinformed, and alone, he was mentally and spiritually unhealthy. So what, what can we learn? And th- is, this is it. Emotional wellness is dependent on having a good mental health plan. And it's not a shame to go to the doctors. I fought it for seven years, f- f- refusing to go to a doctor, even after I was diagnosed. Because I had a, a preconception that that medication would just zone me out. When you actually look, being, going through the, the system, and I've... I've it actually follows the very same plan that God has provided. Firstly, the meds are there to take care of you physically. And if you need to see a psychologist, or well, Elijah was, was great, he had his God as his own <laughs> counselor. But a psychologist, especially a Christian psychologist, can help you untangle some of the deep-seated issues in your life that you might have a blind sight to, which for me was, was that. Um, you know, and but as Christians, we have a third and more powerful step, as, with in spiritual revival. And and that that has a stage, you know, to go through. So next time when you're feeling stress or anxi- anxious or d- um, discouraged, don't go to God where are you straight away go. Are you exhausted? You need to look at the physical. Are you believing a lie? Are you isolated? Because often we can ask that simple question, God, where are you? But God also gave us a mind to think and learn, to ask these questions of ourselves, especially those of us we are not children anymore. He wants us to, to learn. To find the extra time to rest, to eat some healthy food, go fishing. I can't go fishing because I get seasick. Um, Think about the truth, which is reading your Bible or even connecting with a friend. I'm guilty of this, but most often than not, leave your phone behind. God is speaking and restoring you. but He can't speak to you if you're not willing to put down certain things in your life. So my encouragement today is to live a better life. We only get one life, one mind, and one body. As I wrap up, can we get the team up? I just finished with this verse, Psalms 23, 3. He refreshes my soul and restores my failing health. He refreshes my soul, and restores my failing health. Growing up, um, you learn in, in, in Sunday school: read your Bible, do your quiet time, you know. And we, we, and as kids, we think of it as a chore. I think most, some of us do feel that way. It can be quite tedious, but going through this journey, I've realized our quiet time, our devotion to God is not a chore. It's not something that we should struggle through. And I know it it can feel like that at times. But when you realize this this time of God, this quiet time of God, this still time of God is your lifeline against the chaos of this world, against everything that's happening in your life if you do not pause you will be overwhelmed and so I pray that this, this um, message will be an encouragement to, to us and um, you know I know I've talked to Ian and, and you know our church we're known for practical application we're known for you know apologetics And you know something that me and Kimberly would like to work on is a third thing, which is mental health. And and I would encourage us all to get educated. It's not something to be you know that it's one of the needs in this world. I feel it's so prevalent that we need to reach out, but we need to go in with the right information, with the right tools. And, and so we do not respond inappropriately so we join me in pray, and let's pray and if, if any of you would like to talk to me or Kimberly or any of the leadership feel free to come to us um, after the service because I would love to have a chat but um, let's pray Father God I thank you for your faithfulness I thank you that you do not abandon us that, Father, as we, we surrender our preconceptions, our biases, our judgment, our criticism, that, Father, that you will be, you are there for us. You are in the midst of our battle. And, Father, I pray that as we continue to walk with you, That Lord, you you have put a family around us, this family of new hope. That we do not have to to be isolated. That we do not have to be struggling on our own. Father, I just pray right now that you give courage to those who are struggling to to voice out, to put your hand up for help. Lord, I pray for those of us who are in a season of, of, of mountaintop that will be able to reach down and have discernment to, to respond appropriately to those who are suffering. That, Father, that we would have a culture of honesty and vulnerability. That, Father, that we will be able to support each other through our journeys, Lord. So Father, I just thank you for everything that you've done in our lives and everything that you will do. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.